Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Tom Guinan, and I'd like to welcome you to the July 10th episode of the bull bear banter. Cheyenne Dunham is joining me, and we'll now recap the corn and soybean markets for the week. Cheyenne? Sure thing, Tom. So for our markets this week, September corn futures lost 11.5 cents today, closing at 3.37 and a quarter, and that was down six and a quarter for the week. December corn closed at 3.44 and three quarters today, which was down 12 and a quarter cent for the day and eight and three quarters cent for the week. Switching over to soybeans, August finished down nine and a quarter cent today at 8.87 and a quarter, which was losing four cents for the week. And finally, November beans closed at 8.90 and three quarters today, which was down 10 and three quarters cent for the day and six cents from last Friday's close. Well, Cheyenne, I think the big story this week was mostly about the WASDE report that was issued Friday at 11 a.m., while the ending stocks for the 2020-21 corn crop dropped significantly, they were pretty much in line with expectations. They did knock off about 675 million bushels, while the average expectation was closer to a 640 million bushel reduction. The problem was that they increased ending stocks for 2019-20 by reducing feed by 100 million and reducing ethanol usage by another 50 million. So we're now looking at a carryout to use ratio for the current year of 16.5% and then 18.1% next year. These numbers aren't records, but back-to-back they will keep a damper on corn prices without some major damage to the crop due to the weather the balance of this growing season. That's the other big story that we've been watching this week, and it will take on even more importance over the next week to 10 days. For soybeans, the changes were not as dramatic, but they are significant nonetheless. Ending stocks for 2019-20 grew by 35 million, which at first glance seems odd since they increased crush by 15 million and left exports unchanged. However, they reduced residual demand by 50 million. This is their catch-all category. For new crop, they increased ending stocks by 30 million by increasing supply, mostly because of those bushels being carried in from this year. Production was up about 10 million, and crush has also increased another 15 million for next year. With that, let's move on to the bull bear factors. All right, on our bull factors for corn, even though export inspections last week came in at 37.9 million bushels, which was below the range of expectations and below the pace they were on the previous week of 48.6 million, We're keeping this in the bull column. This is simply because the weekly pace we now need is approximately 38 million, and they were right in line with that. We also continue to gain week over week, and it continues to look like we'll hit the USDA projections for the year. Earlier this morning, there was a flash sale reported to China with 765,000 metric tons of corn sold for old crop and another 600,000 metric tons for new crop. All combined, that is more than 62 million bushels. They also bought some old crop and new crop wheat. The actual sales report issued yesterday was also slightly better than expected at 23.6 million bushels, which was very close to the previous week. Little side note here, we had some bad data last week on sales and reported them at 14.1 million bushels. Those were actually 24.2 million. We should expect a big jump in next week's data due to the sale to China and other sales made this week. The USDA did not make any changes to this year or next year's exports in today's report. 
And finally, ethanol production increased again last week to 269 million gallons. This is the 10th consecutive weekly increase and only 12.7% behind the same week last year. Well, on the bear side for corn, even though crop ratings slipped two points with a national number at 71% good to excellent, we're going to keep this in the bear column for now because last year at this point, the crop was rated at 57% good to excellent. Iowa remained at 85%. Minnesota actually improved a point up to 85%. Nebraska lost those two points that they had gained the previous week and is now back to 74%. Illinois and Indiana both continue to bounce up and down. This week it was down, but they did remain in the 60s with Illinois dropping six points to 61% and Indiana down three points to 60%. Ethanol stocks increased for the first time in 11 weeks even if it was a slight increase, up to 866 million gallons versus 847 the previous week. The WASDE report released today did show a reduction of 50 million bushels in the ethanol demand estimate for the current year. Some analysts think there could be, and maybe should be, further reductions of 25 to 50 million bushels this crop year. As mentioned earlier, USDA cut feed demand for old crop by 100 million, and they cut new crop feed by 200 million. Gasoline demand also continues to run about 10% behind the same time last year. For our bull factors on soybeans, export shipments hit an eight-week high last week at 19.2 million bushels. This was above market expectations and quite a bit higher than the previous week's 12.3 million bushels. Export sales were also strong last week, reported at 35 million bushels, which was well above expectations. This is also the second highest in seven weeks. There were no changes to exports in today's WASDE for either this year or next year. And last, we'll get our next look at NOPA crush numbers for June next Wednesday. Domestic crush has been on a record pace this year, and we don't expect that to change. USDA increased crush for both old crop and new crop by 15 million bushels each year. Well, for soybean bear factors, we're going to start off again with crop ratings because they remained unchanged for the week with a national number at 71% good to excellent. Last year, it was 53% for the same week. Iowa is estimated at 84%, which is up a point. Minnesota gained two points to 83, while Illinois and Indiana both lost ground. Illinois dropped five points to 63%, and Indiana lost two points to 61%. Nationally, 31% are blooming versus 8% last year and 24% on average. Iowa is at 37% versus 21% on average. Minnesota is at 43% versus 20% on average. Illinois is at 22% and Indiana is at 26%, both similar to their average at this point in the calendar. As mentioned earlier, today's WASDE increased ending stocks for both years. Old crop carryout to use now equates to 16.1%, but next year it drops below 10% to 9.8%. On our what to watch for in upcoming events, today we wrapped up the pricing period for our averaging contract on corn. We'll have the final numbers for everyone next week. And the soybean averaging contract is going to wrap up on July 24th. And finally, a little trivia. Tomorrow is July 11th, which is sometimes known as 7-Eleven Day. 7-Eleven has given away free Slurpees for more than 15 years on this day, and it's been their busiest day of the year since, with millions of Slurpees given away annually. However, it's been canceled this year, much like many other things due to COVID. Instead, the company is going to give the members of their rewards program a coupon for a free medium Slurpee to be used during the month of July. And now for Tom's take. Friday's WASDE report brought the market down at the end of the week. 
Obviously, the adjustments made were more bearish for corn than soybeans, but neither produced much, if any, good news. However, I'd like to take a little wider view of the entire situation at the end of the day, instead of just focusing on today's report and subsequent market reaction. Let's go back to that day before USDA's June 30th report, which was just last week. We're still higher now than we were then. December corn is right at a dime higher, and November soybeans are almost 30 cents higher since then. On July 1st, corn was up almost 30 cents from that June 29th date, and soybeans hit their most recent high this past Monday when they were more than 50 cents higher than the 29th, which was exactly one week earlier. I'm not suggesting we're going back there anytime soon, but I do hope you made some sales during this time period. I know that many of you did just from seeing the offers that were triggered in our system over the past week. To me, it just feels like these spikes and pricing opportunities are getting shorter all the time, which is another great reason to use an offer. So where do we go from here? The main focus of the rest of the growing season is going to be more about weather than anything else. If we see another spike in prices over the next couple of weeks, I'd suggest you get some more new crop sales on the books, whether for harvest or after the first of the year. There are already some people talking about the next growing season and citing La Nina. A quote I read today from Reuters says, Traders may want to be on alert earlier than usual over the forecast for a possible La Nina later in the year, because although drought does not accompany every episode, some crop growing regions that are more likely to be negatively affected by La Nina are already dry. And then they specifically mention Argentina and Kansas. This may give us an opportunity or two to price some bushels for harvest of 2021. I realize that today's WASDI reduced the ending stocks for the coming crop year, but they are still talking about 2.65 billion bushels of corn. That is a lot of corn, and it's not going to send us back to $4 corn anytime soon. Just stay on your toes and make some sales when the opportunity presents itself. Thanks for listening. I think that's all we have for you today. We appreciate you joining us for the Bull Bear Banter. If you'd like to contact us, you can send a tweet to at Landis Co-op or drop an email to podcast at LandisCooperative.com. Our tagline is bears make money, bulls make money, and pigs just go to market. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you again next week. <music>